Hey everybody, how's it going? Um, welcome to our podcast, Flip It and Reverse It. My name is Jasmine and I am joined here today with... Lemongrass Penny Whistle. And this is a show where we force our interests upon one another. And today, we are talking about who I am Iron Man. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. No? You didn't like that? No. No. For those of you at home, we actually never rehearse what our intro is going to (laughs) be. So it's always a surprise for what I'm going to say, what she's going to say. It makes it more natural that way. Natural. It's natural. You remember that joke about the girl who rubbed her snot in her hair? No. No? Okay. Someone out there does. I see you. But no, today we are talking about um, the MCU. We're starting off with Iron Man. We're, we're kicking it no, way back old school. No, we're not committing to school. anything. We are not committing we're not to, committing to, to doing them all. Don't, don't get it twisted. Um, who knows? It could happen, but probably who knows? You know us. But we are talking about it today with our dear friend Carissa, who we will introduce to you shortly. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Flip and Reverse It, everybody. Um, you know, we're not the most uh, good at posting videos and things, but when we do show up, wow, what a surprise. Hello. Um, aren't you so glad that we randomly showed up on your uh, your blips that come down in your phone? What are, what are those called? Notifications? Push notifications. Push notification. I want to push you around and I will notify you. Um, so yeah, we're here. Um, it's me, of course, Jasmine, and my co-host, Lemongrass Penny Whistle. How you doing, Lemongrass? Hello. Hello again. I'm back. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. I'm just back. No feelings. I'm not good or bad. I'm here. I'm so enthusiastic. We love, we love an enthusiastic co-host up in these parts. Um, Thank you very much. I am very enthusiastic. <laughs> I bring all the enthusiasm. I had to curb it, actually. Yeah. Oh, you're curbing it right now. God, curbed so hard. Um, and speaking of curbing, no. Um, <laughs> um, oh God. On the topic of enthusiasm, we have the, this is going to be the first episode of a hopefully very long series with our dear friend, um, Marvel enthusiast recently made, uh, Miss Carissa Lund. I have to go by Miss Marvel now. Oh no 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 no! That's no. <laughs> that you're white. It's it's fine though. Um, you can be Captain Marvel. Marvel. Oh, that's the one I thought I was talking about. No, it's Captain Marvel. So see, Carissa knows a lot about Marvel Universe. Obviously, um, people come to me. People come to Carissa when they need answers about comic book lore. Um, but no. So today <laughs> we're we're embarking on our MCU journey, and so we're starting out with number one, numero uno, the boy who started it all. Little boy Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. Oh yeah. And am Cue I am I wrong that this is the most like the, the this since it, like this is the most rock and roll heavy MCU movie? They were oh, like with the music. Yeah, they were like you know it's gonna get him freaking classic rock. That's gonna be uh, pumped. No, the, I think well they started out playing a lot of ACDC. 
in in this movie, but that's something that they actually continued throughout the rest of the Iron Man movies. That was kind of just like his like his thing after a while. But it does have a lot of ACDC. Yeah, it's yeah. very rock, very rock heavy. Very like you're a boy, right? You want to jam? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You don't like your parents, right? Tough guy shit. Yeah. Yeah, tough guys in cars. There's um, hot girl no. summer and there's tough guy shit. <laughs> not not a season just shit just um, shit yeah one a singular item um so yeah let's uh we're just talking about iron man is this the first time that you had watched it carissa what is your experience with the marvel cinematic universe because uh lemongrass and i have watched all of them yes i have seen bits and pieces mostly by accident very randomly sporadic across the timeline i usually stumble ass backwards into a marvel movie Mm-hmm. Um, the only ones I think I really were on, like, the beat with, with, like, the general population were the Avengers movie, especially when we get to the ones that, you know, have the really big, bold names that I totally remember. Endgame um, and Infinity War? Yeah, those ones that, you know, <laughs> we all know so well and love dearly. I, uh, was very with everybody when those were coming out, but besides that, I think the rest of them were kind of like happenstance sort of things. Like, I definitely had seen Iron Man before, but I hadn't seen it since it came out in like 2008. And I probably saw it in 2008, like in the movie theaters as a kid. Like, you know, 13 year old Carissa was like, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Let's go to the movies on the same level of pooping her pants. Literally. Literally. I'd have to check because my favorite superhero. Oh, this is so embarrassing. My favorite Superman movie growing up as a kid was Hancock with Will Smith. Do you guys remember this movie? Is that? No. It Let was literally. Do you know Hancock? Yeah, no, I've seen it before. Is that a superhero movie? Yeah. Technically, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Hancock was definitely a superhero movie. It's by Will Smith. Okay. I don't think. I don't know if it falls into any sort of universe, but... Um, no, no, it was like a, just a it's standalone own thing, but definitely a good movie. I liked it. Yeah, I went and saw it like two, three times in theaters. Dang, girl. I would like to say maybe that's why I ended up seeing Iron Man. I probably just went because somebody wanted to see it, and I'm a yes man, so I was like, yeah, I'll go. You really are, and that's why we love you. <laughs> she said yes to this podcast yet again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, awesome. So yeah, you were like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to watch any of the build. I'm just going to watch that big payoff movie with a bunch of references to shit that I haven't seen. I'll 100% literally going back. I don't want to get too far into it, but like knowing what I know and coming back to this have been like the most eye-opening things where I was mm-hmm. like, Marvel does not shy away from being like, hey, this is important. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, it is. I know oh, right? all of the little Easter eggs they drop along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Lemongrass, what was the first time you watched Iron Man? Do you remember? Um, I do, but I didn't. The first time I watched it, I didn't watch it all the way through. I watched it. Oh man, when was that? I, I feel like it must have been like 2009. Because I remember being, no, it was 2000, it was 2008. I, I remember watching it in like a friend's basement, like back when I lived in Great Falls, Montana. 
So, yeah, I remember watching part of it at that point in time, but I didn't really get into Marvel back then. I actually, my first true, like, diving into the MCU was in 2014. That's when I started, like, really getting into everything. So they were already six years into all of their movies before I really, like, jumped into everything. That's when I kind of just binged through everything and have been addicted ever since it's basically crack i'm okay with it it's a healthy addiction yeah (laughs) yeah just like crack um yeah no i mean obviously i think we've talked about this on this podcast before but lemongrass is the one that kind of got me to watch all of the marvel movies um and i had seen iron man before but it was like on a honor band tour bus so like (laughs) I wasn't paying close attention. I was probably just mad that they didn't like pick one of my movies. And I was like, oh, no one wants to watch Edward Scissorhands? Bunch of jerks. Um, they just didn't want to watch Iron Man and Avatar? Dicks. Um, so I think I watched Iron Man for the first time on a um, tour bus. Or maybe not. Maybe I watched it with my family. Couldn't tell you. Um, but it, didn't, it did not leave an impression. Let's just say that when I was a kid. But this, and the first time I watched it through with Lemongrass, I wasn't terribly impressed either this time having watched all the universe it was slightly better i still don't so let's just get into it um let's do ratings why not one through ten what would you give this movie a rating what's something you really like about it and then we'll go through and say something you really dislike about it Oh, you're having us do ratings right from the beginning? Oh, okay, wow. fine. Well, I thought it didn't matter how we do our format. Okay, so no rating. Just everyone go okay. around and say something that was like, the you're, in your opinion, the best moment from the movie. Ooh. Okay, who's going first? Carissa, because I'm mean. Guy. No, no. Okay, you go first, Lemongrass. You've seen the movie a million times. <laughs> You've thought about it um, already. You know, I got to say, I think, I think my favorite moment is when he's in the cave and he's actually just building the suit because they're kind of in that moment they're more or less like you not only do you get to see the kind of like just like how much of a genius he is being able to build something like that with basically scraps but at the same time you're getting that character development because it starts out the movie with him being this like just pompous dickhead which he never really entirely grows out of that but he's even more of a dickhead in the beginning of the movie yeah and then you're kind of like watching him slowly be humanized as he's talking to that other uh scientist who's who's sharing the cave with him i forget what that guy's name is but the guy who ultimately died in the movie said you know like you know tell my family i love them or something along those lines but well no his family was dead he he said it's family (laughs) you need to get back to him and then tony's like we gotta get get you out of here we gotta get you back to your family he's like they're all dead like this is from yeah. man. I feel for that guy. But yeah, and I, I really liked mm-hmm. that just that whole kind of like that scene in the cave, kind of like watching him just I guess like essentially his first little piece of character development that they give him throughout all these different movies. So yeah, yeah I definitely liked that. Mm-hmm. Humble humble a hoe. Humble that hoe down. <laughs> um with some terrorism. Why not? Um what do you think, Miss Carissa? What was your kind of like what was your best moment for you in the movie? Best moment. I mean, I'm a sap. I'm a Pisces. So yeah, obviously, are. I love all the bullshit about proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Oh my gosh. Yes. I know. So dumb. But I was like, really, actually, I thought a well done moment before things kind of went 
sideways and I do enjoy the the build up that that prop ends up having in the show yes obviously further down the timeline it will break you into tears yeah Um, I was tip (laughs) I also have a heart so it really wrecked me a little bit yes Mm -hmm. oh that is a good moment that is such a good moment because you're just like oh that's really sweet she didn't have to do that and then you're like it saved his life she literally (laughs) saved his life what also like I don't want to get into too much because very clearly I feel like I have lots of thoughts on like where Iron Man fits into where America was at the time oh yeah but I think you see a very um a very harsh take on capitalism and a very forward take on capitalism but you do get a little bit of a break where I was like damn she must be paid fairly well to be able to do that shit as like that's what a I'm PA. saying <laughs> I was like, she's just I'm like a PA and I don't get paid the best paid well. assistant ever yeah I was like okay and also too when he's like hope you bought yourself something nice I was like my boss didn't even know I right? had a birthday this year I didn't even get <laughs> like, a bonus this year working all through COVID I didn't even get Christmas bonus so I mean I guess it's kind of like them justifying his dickholishness and all of that is like, well, she gets a lot of money from him. So (laughs) she's well paid for her trouble. It's, you know, it's not like a freaking Devil Wears Prada situation where you're like, oh, this girl's just doing it for, you know, to try to get some respect. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, it was, it was very interesting that, I think we'll talk about Pepper Potts and um, Tony a l- little bit, so I won't get quite into that yet. I have a feeling that might fall into a category of things that we didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. Just a hunch. So if I had to, is that is that all for your moment? Just the Tony Stark heart? Yeah, yeah. I think like um, moment. That's it. On the yeah. whole, I think what I enjoyed most about this film compared to the other Marvels is it is a very different tone totally than the rest of the franchise like it, it's funny because my family is big on action yeah and I was like big on action movies so I do have like a pretty weird canon of action movies to call upon and this definitely falls closer to that than it does to anything else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I think oh for sure I don't think that they had quite like figured out what their voice what they wanted their voice to be and they were really trying to hard appeal to the action movie audience Whereas mm-hmm. now it's kind of morphed into this thing where it's like, it's funny and it's this specific superhero audience and we're doing more homages to the actual like comics because and you, as opposed to just like, this is going to be a kick-ass movie with rock music and shit's going to blow up and there's going to be fighting metal men. Um, mm-hmm. And on that subject, I think, oh man, there's a lot of good moments, but I think maybe my favorite moment is also in the cave. Just him getting out of the cave and all the mofos he's being out with a like BS suit. Like they, they come in and the guy's like just looking around. He just punches him in the face and just like boom. And then the other dudes are like, what the hell just happened? And like empty their entire guns. And then he's just like, dead. Everyone's dead. And I'm like, kick ass, dude. <laughs> like most triumphant most triumphant escape that ends with him like poofing into the desert just like poop and i'm down now (laughs) (laughs) which is also just a funny moment to me um 
but no, I, I mean, I really liked that moment. And I also, I guess just like the big metal suits moments are cool to me. Like at the very end when like Pepper's like, oh my gosh, I'm such a scared girl. And then like, she's like, where is he? And then his eyes just light up and he's like giant in his big metal suit um and then also the moment where uh sorry where what's his butt weird dude with the weird name obedius or whatever his stupid name is obadiah Obadiah. Obadiah, sorry it's like why did you take jebediah perfectly decent name and make it obadiah weird name um i mean there's a lot of names that fall into that category this is true like lemongrass penny whistle (laughs) <laughs> hey, first of all, it's homage to that picture behind you. Thank you very much. <gasps> Which is, is a great visual for a podcast. It is. It really is. Thank you. <laughs> it's I appreciate just, it. This is the one pineapple. What's up? Um, but no, when he when he kills other bro and you're like, oh, bad boy is even badder than bad boy. Um, if we that love that. Sense. So yeah. I guess those would be my, my favorite moments. Um, but we're probably going to take a break here in a minute, but I just want to give everyone a chance to just chat a little bit more about what they liked. Um, just because we, uh, we've got 10 minutes left on the Zoom call here. Sorry, I'm not afraid to tell our listeners that we pour. Listen, if you want me to buy a Zoom subscription, send us some money. Like, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> just send it. Envelopes, please. Yeah. Only deposited near front doors Direct that deposit you guess. In my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> my well, Venmo I have is some trivia for you. 1820. Oh. Ooh, some fun trivia. Ooh, I love I love trivia. trivia. So one of the things about this movie in particular was that um, Marvel as a company was on the verge of being broke when this right before this movie came out. So that's why they had to sell their rights to um, to Fox with X-Men. That's why X-Men was doing uh, was done by Fox and why Sony was doing Spider-Man. Because Stan Lee was going broke. Um, so he had to like sell off the rights to his properties left, right, and sideways. And when they were going to do this, they basically mortgaged almost every piece of like capital they had to put this movie together. And that's also one of the reasons why they chose Robert Downey Jr. was because they were having mm-hmm. a hard time kind of luring someone to do this movie. And he was coming off of his issues in life. So mm-hmm. he was kind of just cheaper. <laughs> so they got to basically <laughs> have him for less money. Isn't that um, so ironic. Now he's like one of the best paid actors in Hollywood. He got he got his uh well he got his back pay essentially <laughs> as <laughs> as time went on. But yeah, so they they kind of mortgaged everything on this movie. And Kevin Foggy, who now oversees all the Marvel movies, said that they put so much into this movie that they said if it failed, they were going to go completely bankrupt, and Stan was going to probably have to sell Marvel as as a whole. So oh they kind of put everything into this movie, hoping that it would work. And what it did, well, it was, well, the rest is history, more or less. Damn straight. And then they mm-hmm. came up, or I guess they didn't, they weren't technically involved with, well, Kevin Foggy was involved with the Incredible Hulk. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's been involved in every single, like, MCU movie. Dang. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely worked, like, is it my favorite Marvel movie? By no means. Is it No, good? it's the first one. They had no idea it's what they were doing. Sick. It's a great origin story with a dude who goes through a lot of character development. Honestly, if I had to be honest, he's like Tony Stark has probably like the best character development story throughout all of his movies and the entire series. 
Mm-hmm. He goes through a lot of peaks and valleys. Like, we'll get to it in the future movies, but like, he really gets a great story arc. Now, Black Widow, mm-hmm. just kidding. Yeah, well, Black yeah, Widow. He was given the most story time. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Did uh, Carissa, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we take our quick break here? Not General particularly. Praises. General praises. I think, again, like, this is what I'll say specifically. I think what we're kind of all dancing around uh, with, like, the different theme, the different tone. Yeah. Is I'm like, my family's not huge on, like, Marvel. But, like, this is a movie I think my parents would watch and like. Mm-hmm. Because it was very similar to, like, pretty much any sort of action movie that was coming out around this time. Like, it totally. had a lot of the same energy. It had those quick offbeat like one-liners about like yes defeating the bad guy but also like being a little bit of a jerk but you're like we love the jerk because he's fighting the bad guy and right. he's funny and you're like right and so I think even I'll spoil it I've seen the Incredible Hulk recently I was like even from Iron Man to Incredible Hulk the difference of uh how quickly it shifts to the Marvel lens and like how I know Marvel yeah. is so stark. Ah, it's a stark difference. Lisa, nice kick. Wow. I'm sad that Thank we're you. not going to be releasing the video because that was aerobatic. Aerobic. Aerobatic. Aerobatic, baby. Aerobatic in my attic. If you like static, then you should probably touch my hand because I'm rubbing my hand all over a balloon. <laughs> Do you like that song? Sometimes improv works and sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, Lemongrass, you got any final thoughts before we move into our break? Uh, no, I'll keep the thoughts for the second part. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we'll see y'all in a minute. Hello, everyone. Welcome back from the break. Thank you for sticking with us. This is episode of Flip It and Reverse It. I am still joined by my lovely co-host, Miss Jasmine Sherman. Hello, it's me, Jasmine. And our guest, Carissa Lund. Yeah, I'm here too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm the one. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm no Obadiah, but I'm here. Absolutely. (laughs) Obadiah, Mm -hmm. more like Obadiah. You know what? That's actually a great segue. Yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks. That one didn't work. Solid, solid segue. (laughs) Speaking of Obadiah, let's talk about our least favorite parts of the film. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, is that one of your least favorites, Lemongrass? Please, tell us more, tell us more. Does he have a car? Does he have a car? It's, yeah, it's Greece. It's, you've seen that musical. I know you have. It's one of the few you have. Sorry. I don't, I don't understand the reference. Tell me more, tell me more. Like, does he have a car? Tell uh-huh. me more, tell okay. me more. Did you get very far? Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I expected you to know a musical theater reference. That was silly. Sorry. How disappointing. It's okay. We've only done, we haven't done an episode on it, so coming next to Flip It and Reverse It, 
Grease. Just kidding. I really yeah. hate that movie. It sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but Lemongrass, please uh, elaborate on what you did think did not do were gr- it was not good in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, he, yeah, I just did not like Obadiah Stane as the villain. Oh, I mean, Jeff Bridges is a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but I just felt like, Mm -hmm. you know, from a villain perspective, it was just, it felt kind of very cheesy, very like, just like one-off-ish, you know, like Mm -hmm. let's, we're going to wait to establish him as the villain until more than halfway through the story. And then it's kind of a really just kind of like quick hit. um, And then we're done with them pretty quickly. And even when they did have their little battle, it wasn't, very captivating i'm just a really big opponent of you know a story is as good as its conflict and mm-hmm. if you know he, he's your antagonist then that was just kind of more or less just thrown in there for the sake mm-hmm. of the movie having a villain and it just yeah. didn't really land that well thankfully it didn't matter because the movie's still good without that fact but mm-hmm. you know it, it yeah it wasn't an overall positive for the movie i just felt like it was kind of just there well, that's a good yeah. point because, I mean, freaking uh, bro in Afghanistan, he was a decent villain. He, like, went out there in the desert and was like, I'm going to dig up the suit and I'm going to make the suit and it's going to be badass. And then mm-hmm. Obadiah was just like, I've got more money than you. Ha ha ha. I'll kill you all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's actually kind of leads into, like, probably where I felt a little weird with this movie is, like, I always get, like, little i think there's like some slight racism towards yeah. their well, villains the tin ring like, i don't know why they had in the comics i think that they're more like they are an organization but i, I think that they were kind of like pushing the whole you know they're yeah, pushing the me, racism from leftover from 9-11 does that seem yeah it's fair to say yeah i think very much um we were looking at this as very much where we were, it was 2008, totally different yep. time. But I think we were all still very fresh on a lot of conflicts happening in the Middle East. And I think we see this carry over in a lot of our film history from this time period, yeah. where if they want a dramatic villain story that's otherizing, they pick a Middle Eastern country and then perform the acts of like terrorists. And I think this one, you know, tries to be like, no, we're cool about it by then making the real bad guy Obadiah. But then Obadiah is still creating this cycle of funding the terrorists. To me, that was the only part that I was like, I think like after seeing, um, uh, I went and saw Corella de Villain theaters, which is very exciting. Come on, get vaccinated everybody so we can keep doing that. But they had a commercial for the new Marvel movie coming out that features, oh. I'm so sorry, I don't know the name, but it, it has 10 rings in the title. Yeah, Shang-Chi. Which, yes, which was a super exciting um, twist or uh, full circle moment for me to be like, I just watched Iron Man and they said 10 rings. Exactly. So, to me, I'm like, I think, the good part about moving forward is hopefully we are looking at this as like an organization that's more complex, more diverse, 
I'm and not sure it's like it's everywhere it's throughout the entire world so like it's not yeah, yeah unheard of that they would is. have an organization in the middle east um obviously yeah. they probably would but it, it, they made it seem like it was like 10 rings the terrorist organization of the middle east not 10 rings the secret super secret organization that is all over the entire world and obviously if mm-hmm. you're a comic book fan you know that already but if mm-hmm. you're just a regular you know dude mm-hmm. then you probably don't really know the significance of the 10 rings um i'm excited yeah the, the 10 rings are supposed to be uh, all over the all over the world they actually pop up in the ant-man movie as well uh, yeah. there's actually the bad guys in those movies uh they have the 10 rings insignia all over their stuff oh. too so they kind of like subtly placed it in several mm-hmm. different places uh throughout some of these marvel movies but mm-hmm. yeah those are like deep cut things that like if unless you were a marvel like comic book reader you wouldn't know that no no and um also it shows up in Ironheart. i'm reading Ironheart right now and they're in there and i think honestly i think the 10 rings are going to be kind of i don't know for sure i don't know who's going to be the big villain but like the 10 rings themselves are pretty similar to the infinity stones in that it's like mm. there are a bunch of different it gives you a bunch of different like there's a bunch of different powers that go along with all of them um mm-hmm. but we don't need to get into that because it's not relevant right now um yeah, no, I mean, it definitely had that, like, rah-rah America 2008 feel, right? Yeah, and, they, and then almost saved it. I don't know if they would, could have ever saved it, because I think that's yeah. a part of our history that we're having to talk about more, which I think totally. is positive that we're moving forward, and that, like, probably in 2008, we all looked at the movie and went, yeah, that's fine, and now we're like, you know, there is that element of cringe that you're like, oh, wow, like, Especially if you don't have any idea that the Ten Rings feed into the supergroup of bad people who are bad, um, then it kind of just feels very almost cliche of 2008, where everybody was like, oh, the bad guy is a a terrorist group out of somewhere in the Middle East, and you're like, okay. (laughs) So that was one of my things. I also think, like, if you really want to get deep into, like, where the plot starts to fail maybe a little bit, or at least doesn't live up to the whole movie, is, like, you start to see it in the third act. I think, like you're saying, when it's revealed, Obadiah is the real villain, because then that's kind of where I feel like maybe due to filming, maybe something, like, plot kind of got shoved quickly into places to finish it, because, yeah. like, Pepper Potts, like, totally fails in the third act. Like, she's been okay through the first two but all of a sudden third act she's basically useless and also has been like a PA but also somehow knows how to do everything at this company right and then he's all like go into the breaker room and flip all the breakers and press the button and I'm like she understands this all this tech I'm like good for her like cool cool for her but like I'm sorry does she run the whole company is she the CEO I I was like what has she been doing here I'm like girl power Yeah, and then same place, like, you know, I think we have quick ties with Obadiah, like, this random suit that got built. Like, it feels very rushed to get to the end. Yeah, he made that suit quick, didn't he? Yeah, and, like, again, like, the the double cross of him going against the Ten Rings, I think, is something that gets, like, shoveled away real fast. Like, Well, that, too, because, like, why would he go against them and kill them? When he literally, like, they're, like, his biggest supplier for capitalism and his whole goal, his whole motivation is supposed to be making money, right? Mm-hmm. So now he's going to kill people that he supplies weapons to? Like, 
Just from a capitalist, does it make sense from a capitalist standpoint? You're going to kill your. Well, you're you're thinking about it from the wrong way. I mean, he also like conspired with them to kill Tony Stark, so you don't really want the you don't want witnesses. Yeah, you're going to clip those loose ends. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that part of the movie actually all kind of makes sense to me because if you're trying to like paint the picture of you know rich you know like white guy and the one percent taking advantage of you know Mm -hmm. a bunch of. Just uh, people around the world who have lower amounts of education. I mean, that kind of, that all tracks. So, I, I mean, that, that, that seems pretty realistic to me. My thing I would pose, only with that, only just because we've already gone, waded deep into this Ten Rings water, is that I would be curious if Marvel was to reinvent what this movie maybe looks like now is the fact that this is part of a larger group that I think has a lot of power if the same move would have been applied, if that makes any sense. But I think right. that's a big what if. Sure. I think at the moment, I completely agree with you, Lemongrass. Like, to me, I was like, it's so it's so typical, like, white guy holding on to power. Like, it is very much that move of, like, anybody's expendable in capitalism no matter what you've done, where you've been, we can make a buck somewhere else. But if you're going to cost my bottom line, I'm going to cut you out of my life or yeah. cut your life out of the world. <laughs> or that. Yeah, so I think the Ten Rings is an organization that's headed up by a guy called the Mandarin. And right. he's supposed he was originally supposed to be in Iron Man 3, but then uh, they didn't put him in that movie. But he's now no going to be the, the villain of the Shang-Chi movie. Um, so you're, I think we'll probably get a little deeper understanding of just how far that, that criminal network is kind of like spread throughout the world. So it'll, it'll be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. I mean, I think what happens often in these superhero movies, right? Two underdeveloped villains does not make a good movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely does not. No. It's just a fact. You got to... Like any, I feel like every movie that I watch where they have multiple villains, the movie suffers. I mean, shit, Spider-Man 3, which one is it? That has Green Goblin and the Sand Dude and freaking, um, who else? You and oh, I Venom. don't agree on this movie. Venom. Too many has, villains. Yeah, because like that that's movie. when we have dark Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, let's get real. It's camp. It's so Wait, fucking It's funny. ridiculous. And it is like I mean, comic book to it, the excess. But then you're like, okay, so wait, Dark Venom's motivation is just like, man, he lost me that job that I cheated on. Like it's also the guy from that seventies right? show. It's like <laughs> the best thing. I was like, I'm here for casting obscure. I shouldn't say obscure, but sitcom stars into movies. I'm here for casting obscure. A really, really obscure people into Marvel movies like myself and you. Um, I Me think that would be really cool, you know? Like we were saying with Robbie Downey Jr., we are also cheap. Um, very cheap. Listen. Think, think of the back pay. <laughs> think of Baby. the back pay of not hiring us. <laughs> so during our break, I did a little bit of research. I found out that Robert Downey Jr. got paid $500,000 for the first Iron Man movie. Damn, that is a pittance compared to what he makes now. <laughs> For Avengers Endgame, he made $75 million. Yeah. Roughly Literally the same insane. after taxes, right? <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
yeah no um that's insane that's literally <laughs> crazy and then he's like mm-hmm. fresh off of 75 million dollars let's do dr doolittle <laughs> man <laughs> <laughs> that's the first gig and i screwed it up no i mean i oh. didn't watch dr doolittle but i'm just assuming it was bad um did anyone did we watch dr your... doolittle no but did we get what your least favorite part of the movie was no i was getting to it um yeah. sorry um, it was dr doolittle she's like the obviously. fact that this allowed this to happen <laughs> i would say the thing that just kind of annoyed me was like furthering that stereotype that women like abuse um (laughs) that like she's like wow you really overwork me and you don't ever really pay attention to me or ask about how i'm feeling or even know my birthday or like you make me deal with your one night stands and like freaking left me alone after almost kissing me i'm telling me you're gonna get a drink for me but yeah i still like you because you got a lot of money and you pay me well. Like, I, I mean, I think we can all kind of agree that Pepper was not the best written character for this movie or God. a lot of her time It wasn't in the as franchise. bad as Pride and Prejudice. It wasn't as bad as Pride and Prejudice. You're right. You know what? I'll what? admit when I'm wrong. I will admit when I'm wrong. Upon a rewatch what? with a critical person, that movie is bad. Pride and Prejudice? TV show. Oh, oh, the BBC one. About, oh, I thought you were talking about. Uh, well, I can't speak for that one. I thought we were talking about the Pride and Prejudice. No, we are talking about Pride and Prejudice, and no, the movie. Yeah, we are talking about that. We're not no, talking not about. Movie. We're not. Ta- we're talking about the, about the television show. series, but we're not talking about the fact that the the acting or anything like that is bad. We're talking about the fact that it's a bad story, and he's actually right. No, okay. Well, that's fair. Mr. Bennett, or no, not Bennett, Mr. Darcy. Yeah. No. Elizabeth Bennett is a shit. She is. I mean, and I didn't want to believe it until, okay, so the whole time I'm like, oh, isn't it great? Like they're showing how like these two people have like realized their flaws and come back together, come back around. And he's, mm-hmm. and he's like, nah, she just likes that he's rich. And I'm like, no, no, that's not it. That's not all that it is. And then like, mm-hmm. cause she has the moment where she sees his estate and she's like, wow, this is so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, no, it's just like a cherry on top. Like she also just really likes him. She really likes him. And then at the very end of the movie, after I've been defending this bitch the whole freaking movie, her and her sister are sitting in her room when she's like, after she's decided that she wants to marry him and her sister's all like, well, when did your feelings change? Like, when did you start to realize that you were in love? And this bitch says, well, I have to imagine it was after my visit to Pemberley Way or whatever the place is called. And I'm like, no! You just, you just ruined everything, woman. You have abandoned our kind. You literally said, oh, well, after I saw how rich he was, I kind of started to like him. To your sister. And they both like giggled like, oh, he is rich. And I'm like, no. Uh." Okay, but to tie it back. Oh, fair. But to tie it back to Iron Man, we don't get to make that critique of Pepper Potts because she doesn't even get to have negative traits. No, like her no. most defining scene in the movie is where she like sneaks in to the place where they keep the records on the computer, obviously, right. to figure out what old Obadiah's got cooking. And on his like computer, that's like really got terrible security with the flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> flash drive, baby. 
flash drives were so powerful in 2008. They could do anything. I love I how she, like, like, is so subtle about the newspaper and grabbing it out so slyly and everything, and then he just, like, touches the computer screen and is like, download complete. <laughs> I'm like, god damn it. Literally. Yeah. I was like, gosh darn it. I was like, we really, at one point, thought, we were like, wow. That's high tech. What a badass. She did it. <laughs> she did that. Did that, <laughs> that was baby. a high stress situation. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Um, no, I just, yeah, Pepper Potts said pretty pretty rough character development but you know like that was of the time lady mm-hmm. to help build up and make and humanize asshole dude is a very common mm-hmm. trope yeah you know to be fair really nobody besides tony stark gets flushed out in this film no, he's really the only one that gets development yeah and i mean not that you want to know like i don't need to know the backstory of stanley on the red carpet with the women i was like yes he's hugh hefner that yeah, was it. cute i'm just kidding that was really cute always love a stanley camp r.i.p but um it is fast yeah it is fascinating to see like you know like i left that movie being like uh roadie like why oh my is god he- i know right why is he connected to tony tony seems like the worst and, like, where's this kinship? And, like, you know, they give you the, like, two-bit reason why Obadiah is involved with his life. But even still, I don't think you see... I think Obadiah's nuggets... His <laughs> nuggets? I don't know why. I don't know I'm calling him nuggets. But, like, don't the... the nuggets like that. No. Sicko. <laughs> I was just going to say the, like, um the build-up for his double cross is more obvious. Like, I think they try to hint at those facts that, like, there's tension in their relationship and that, you know, it's clear Obadiah is, like, not super happy that Tony aged into this position and, like, was grandfathered right. in by a connection to his dad and, yeah. you know, is is foiling his capitalist ventures. Mm-hmm. And he but, also just clearly looks evil, so you kind of knew from the beginning, you know? You had an idea. You have an idea. It's Jeff Bridges, and he looks a little evil. He doesn't him. look like a nice guy. I mean, from the very beginning, when they're like, and then Hot Rod 18-year-old came in, and there's like a picture mm-hmm. of him looking like, um, <laughs> what do you think, Lemongrass? Do you think Pepper Potts had good development? I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's no way of getting around it, no. But it's it's honestly... Knowing what I know about the movie, it, it seemed like they really didn't know what they were doing and they were throwing mm-hmm. things together at the last minute. Um, little piece of extra trivia, they actually, when they started filming, they hadn't even finished writing the script yet. And so one of the things that they were doing at the last minute was, uh, you know, something, something not that big of a deal to a movie, but they still hadn't written all the dialogue yet. So Great. a lot of these scenes were ad-libbed. And I guess like uh, they had to redo quite a few with them because I guess Robert Denny Jr. just wanted to ad-lib all these scenes and Gwyneth Paltrow was having a hard time keeping up with his ad-libs so I guess uh, you know it kind of like detracted from a lot of the scenes in that way so Mm -hmm. yeah I'm sure that could probably cause a little bit of complications with developing a story when you literally didn't write it out so (laughs) yeah that could probably have a factor involved a little bit a little bit could be a thing. I'm not a but huge you, fan of ab-living an entire movie. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, with that being said, 
if I had to put a rating on this movie, I would go with six out of ten. Mm. Six out of ten. Okay. All right. What would you what would you say, Carissa? What would you give this movie on a ten star scale? Ten star scale. Obviously ten being the highest, correct? Just check. Yes, yes, yes. Ten's the best. Ten um, is the best. Mm, I think I'm falling close to where Lemongrass is too. I feel like a six kind of perfectly defines it. It's above average. You could see why it kickstarted. It's a totally different tone, which I kind of appreciate for the series. But it has quite a few pitfalls. And I think without Robert Downey Jr., you would, you know, Marvel might have uh, had a different fate. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was a big part of it. Well, apparently he wrote the script on scene, right? <laughs> but he like, no shit, no mm-hmm. shit. Um, I'm looking at my sixes, and it's it's up there with some of them, and it's worse than others. But then I looked at my fives, and I'm like, well, it's definitely better than Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Puppet Master. So I have so many sixes though. So I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six too. What can I say? It's right there in the middle. I don't think mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything to create to give it the rating of a seven. It doesn't ever. It didn't ever pull at my heartstrings, you know, mm-hmm. or like make me feel moved. It was just like, nice, cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was kind of funny. And also, this on the subject of Rhodey, they literally gave him like so little connection or like screen time at all that straight up I did not realize that they had that they, that they had recast him I thought they were just two different characters like when I re- watched it through on the first time and then Lemongrass was like no that was that was that was Rhodey in the first one and I was like oh and now re-watching it obviously I understand mm-hmm. that that's him but like the first time I watched it through like I just wasn't paying great attention anyways and I wasn't hit- catching up on all the like small nuanced things like him being like i'll be back next time to like the to like the you know the iron man yeah. i was like this this time i understood that he was war machine and i was like oh i am dumb dumb haha <laughs> but like the first time i watched it through i did not make that connection because i just like wasn't paying great attention to anything so pull of the room who's a better roadie well, oh, I mean, this well, that's guy, not fair. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, he only got like movie. five five poorly written or not even written lines to even try it out. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and like, fair, you again, comes back to the fact that like, I think if we were to decipher what this movie was, is it was a really great origin narrative. Like the fact that the camp yeah. scene, I think was like the reason we showed up for this film. Totally. Is like, again, we show up for the first two acts there's almost part of me that's like, I don't know how it would have played out, but if there had been a different climactic moment instead of another villain to conquer, I almost feel like it would have been stronger. But you just don't get to know Rhodey. Like, you have no idea, like, again, why he's tied to Tony other than they need to be. And then also, like, you know, like... uh, (laughs) like he I guess he's part of you know the military right and you know he can casually do stuff with Tony but he also is like in charge of 
uh, okay, so. Im- important aerial things. <laughs> and so it's kind of like one of those things where I'm like, you get nothing from him. I, I think he is fine. I think it comes back to the fact that you see how powerful RDJ came, became like so quickly. Because totally. like the reason they recast Rhodey was purely on the fact that these two actors didn't work well. Totally. That was not so the real like, reason, actually. No, I think he just didn't sign a contract, right? Or do you know the real reason? Lemon? That was. Uh, yeah, he, he uh, Marvel was being cheap as hell, and they didn't want to pay him what he wanted. Uh, basically, um, oh. he wanted he wanted like eight million dollars, I think, and they weren't willing to give him that. And Don Cheadle was willing to take less, so oh, that so basically was how that. Basically, yeah, Don Cheadle was like, "I'll do the, I'll do Iron Man two for one million dollars," and they were like, "Well, one million is cheaper than eight million. You're hired." You got more money in the long run. Honestly, I mean, Don Cheadle hasn't been getting a whole lot of money for these movies either, so he's been basically worked. Yeah, Marvel's not the greatest about paying people, um, which is, I think, why uh, Robert Downey Jr. actually like was constantly reworking his contracts with them because he didn't want to mm. get paid less. Um, yeah, they're all over the place how they pay people. Like, like mm-hmm. I think for Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman got paid $2 million. And I think uh, Chris Hemsworth for Thor Ragnarok got paid close to $20 million. What the so yeah, what? things are a little all over the place in Marvel world. Uh. It's like who has the better agent that can like basically get them more money. Something like that. That's gross. That is gross. Crap. But didn't didn't uh, Robert Downey Jr. do at least like make, make promise to pay ladies more or something like that? <laughs> or is that not real? I thought that oh, somebody, I didn't hear what you said. You cut oh, out for a second. I said, didn't he? Didn't he like make some sort of like statement that he wouldn't be in movies if his uh, female co-stars weren't getting paid more or something like that? I'd never heard that. Okay, I'm making that, that up. Then. I don't know. Probably not true. Um, I mean, I think uh, Brie Larson got paid more for her debut film than anyone else did. So yeah. Mm. Well, that's a whole case, other bucket. That's a whole other bucket that we will get to eventually. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap it up with, we just did all of our ratings. Let's just wrap it up with final thoughts on Iron Man. And if there's anything you feel like plugging, feel free. If you don't, you can just give us a final thought of the day, um, whatever you like. So, um, out of courtesy, I will start off with our guest, Miss Carissa Lund. About all the fun things I have to plug. Wh- whatever you want to say, if you just want to give a plug for, you know, alligators, like whatever you want, babes. You don't even have well, to plug anything. Currently, I feel it's very important to plug the big things. One, get vaccinated. If you've not Ow. gotten vaccinated. Sorry, that was really loud. It's I okay. was like, that is the most important thing right now. Everybody should do it immediately if you have not, because we're so close and the world will be so much better if we just do it. Um, and uh, besides that, have a good day and uh, drink water. Those are all I know. I wish I had more things to tell. Oh, I'm very fine. boring. Those are things. Do you have anything you'd like to plug or any final thoughts on Iron Man or just final thoughts in general? 
yeah, I mean, as far as a kickoff to a franchise is concerned, I think that it definitely did what it was supposed to do. And I, you know, looking back on it, not the greatest film in the world, but still a pretty good film. I think it has a really great rewatch factor. I'm really big on rewatch factors. Like, you know, can I enjoy this movie more than once? I definitely do enjoy this movie more than once. So, yeah, kudos to them. They saved themselves from bankruptcy and now are the most powerful film industry in all of Hollywood. So, hey, you know, a star was born. Uh, and my final, final thought is uh, shout out to Ben and Jerry's for their new flavor of uh, topped, <laughs> topped, like mint ice cream. It's fantastic. And we have to go get some. Right now, like after the episode? Um, hopefully. <gasps> All right. Well, now, now I've, I've been guilted on air. So I guess we're going to Albertsons after this. Um, (laughs) No plugs. And Grass and I are already in the car. What's up? Let's go. Um, As far as myself, I'll just plug, if you want to follow us, you can follow us online at Flip It and Reverse It. Um, You can follow me uh, at The Real Jasmine Sherman. There's all sorts of stuff. Go to the link in my bio. You'll see content that I've created. Um, all sorts of things. I don't need to list them all. Just uh, check out that link tree because I worked really hard on it. Um, I didn't. It took link me tree. Link tree. Shout out to link tree, honestly. Like, what a great source for just people who want to put links in Instagram, which is literally link tree is completely like hardly even useful other than if Instagram would just let you put more than one link in your bio. Like, what's up with that? It's weird. It's weird, Instagram. It's weird. Fail on their part. Insane fail. That's my final thought of the day. Instagram needs to add more (laughs) shit to your bio. Also, they need to let you do swipe up links if you're not famous, because why why can't I link something on my story? Stupid. Um, So, Uh, I guess I'm trash talking Instagram. (laughs) Special shout out to Instagram uh, for the dumb thing that they have going on where you can't edit your story after you post it. That is dumb. And you can't put, you can't comment links or pictures in the comment section. God, why am I on it all the time then? (laughs) I hate it so much. It's a great question. It's a great, great question. But um, I want to give a really special thank you to Lemongrass for co-hosting with me today. I know it's it's hard to get you, you know, out of the pantry or the fridge or wherever, (laughs) the fridge where you keep lemongrass. Um, You like it in there. It's nice and chill. Um, So thanks for coming out into the with us um i'm gonna stop now and name that you're an actor. i'm just gonna let you i'm just gonna let you keep just going keep though. going unravel madly wee-oo, wee-oo. um what's up and a huge thank you to our specialist guest today oh the pinky very cute um miss carissa lund who has very cute feet look at her little feet they're up in the air you can't see them ha 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 <laughs> Um, and you, but you can on her OnlyFans, babe. Why didn't you plug that? Just kidding. She doesn't have one. I don't think. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But sex work is real work. So if you did, I wouldn't be. I would be. 100%. I would subscribe. Anyways, um, thank you so much, Carissa and Lemongrass, and thank you so much to all of our listeners. Uh, I forgot what our outro is for this. <laughs> Bye. Oh, we'll Bye. (laughs) What's up, guys? Bye. Bye.